Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everybody. My name is Christopher Ma'ai, and I will be giving the CEU code for the Content Creators Cafe. Again, the opening CEU code will be announced right now. Please write this down. Opening CEU code 40613. Again, opening CEU code 40613. And I will now turn it over to Gwen, uh, Greg Wansneeder. Take it away. Okay. Well, welcome, everybody, and welcome to the Content Creation slash Creators Cafe. Uh, I'm glad to be here today along with uh, some wonderful people. Um, thank you for listening if you're on ACB Media or if you're on Zoom. Um, we have um, three wonderful panelists today uh, coming in, and uh, they are both very uh, great experts um, in their own uh, content creation. And so we're very happy to have them. I'd like to introduce also my co-facilitators with me on this. Um, um, I have Shane Aguilera and Chris Mai from California. And so we hope that this is just a very organic discussion about content creation and uh, just creating content and um, kind of an entry level, maybe uh, thing into creating content. So I'm really excited to be here. And I'd now like my co-facilitators. Uh, by the way, this program is um, being sponsored by ne ACB Next Generation and Blind Information Technology Specialists. And uh, if you want to find out more about ACB Next Generation, which is an affiliate for college students and young professionals, 18 through 40, uh, you can go to acbnextgeneration.org. And when um, Chris uh, comes up on the panel, I'll have him give information about bits. But um, so um, I'd like my fellow facilitators to introduce themselves. So we'll start out with Shane. All right. I'm Shane Aguilera. I'm from Hollywood Hills, California. I'm a member of both ACB Next Generation and Blind Information Technology Specialists. So I'm looking forward to co-facilitating this event, and I hope everyone enjoys. Thank you very much. Hi, my name is uh, Christopher Ma'ai. Again, I am also from Southern California in Santana, which is in Orange County. Um, it is a pleasure to be here co-facilitating as well. And uh, briefly, um, I am also representing a, an affiliate, a special affiliate of ACB, that is BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. You can visit our website at bits-acb.org. Again, bits-acb.org. And again, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Excellent. That's great. Um, so we're just looking forward to a very organic, uh, lively discussion here. And uh, we have uh, three wonderful panelists. Hopefully, uh, the third one was able to uh, make it here. By the way, we also want to thank Brad, who is our um, host today on Zoom. And so, Brad, thank you for um, volunteering your time. And also, Doug, who is our streamer today using the ACB Media uh, Network, so on the ACB Media Network. So thank you both for uh, just 
um, being able to help us put on this great session. So uh, as I mentioned, we have three uh, panelists um, and I'd like them to kind of introduce themselves um, and what they do. They're all, like I said, experts at their own content creation. And so I'd like to start out with, uh, with Chris Peterson. So, Chris, would you like to introduce yourself, maybe say where you're from and just kind of um, a little bit about just just talk a little bit about what you do, uh, maybe plug your podcast or something like that, and then we'll get more into it as we go along here. So, Chris, why don't you start us off? Yeah, thanks, Greg. My name is Chris Peterson. I am from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I am a hobby broadcaster, a podcaster, and financial educator. I've actually done two podcasts. Uh, one, I, I uh, started in around 2002 or 2003 called The Space Report. It ran for around 10 years. And the other is called The Penny Forward Podcast, and uh, it is uh, finance-related. It's about blind people building bright futures one penny at a time. And uh, I've been doing that for about six months now. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, Greg, I uh, I wonder, I have about a two-minute promo. Now doesn't seem like the right time, but just give me a cue for when it would be the right time for me to play that for everybody. Okay. Um, wonderful. That That is great. Um, so we will, uh, we will play that in just, just one second, uh, or just a few minutes here. Uh, but I'd like our next panelist to uh, introduce themselves, and that is uh, Stephen Salas. And Stephen is also part of ACB Next Generation. So, Stephen, would you introduce yourself, please, and tell us uh, briefly what sort of content you create? Hey, everyone. I'm Stephen Salas. I am from Austin, Texas. I am um, I'm a musician. I am a podcaster and a content creator for social media. Um, a lot of the content I create is based on entertainment and comedy uh, and podcasting. I uh, interview blind individuals, let them tell their story and how they became blind or if they were uh, born blind and just giving the chance of blind individuals to give their whole story and um, just to show the world that we're all different. We're not all the same. And in regards of music, um, I'm a singer, songwriter. I cover some songs as well. Um, and every now and then I do teach um, uh, guitar, ukulele. Um, I don't teach people how to sing, but I, I do sing and, and just other various instruments. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. That's great. That's great. Um, so, um, Shane, would you like to go ahead with our first question, please, for our panel? Oh, yes, absolutely. So uh, let's start right off the top here. Um, what kind of got you two to get interested in the content creation process to begin with? Um, why did you decide that um, your content was worthy to be put out into the world? Um, Chris, you want to go first? Thank you. I'm sure. I uh, I had a number of reasons. I, I think... Um, like probably a lot of us, I just loved radio and audio. And from the time that I was a little kid, I was always making tapes, pretending like I was a DJ, pretending like I was doing talk shows, stuff like that. So I was inclined to want to create audio content uh, because I loved it. 
when I started to do the Space Report podcast, uh, one of the reasons that I started that was uh, to shamelessly get a segment on a friend's radio show. He uh, agreed to let me do five minutes of space news on his radio show every week. And I recorded that, taught myself how to do audio editing, and uh, later on learned about podcasting and turned it into a podcast after the fact. And uh, it had uh, a, a pretty wide audience. One of the coolest things that ever happened to me was uh, when I when I started to go to, to things like uh, ACB conventions and, and uh, other things where there were people that... Uh, uh, I had never met before who recognized me just because of the podcast. The Penny Forward podcast uh, came out of a, a feeling that I had that uh, blind people, pretty much like the rest of the country, um, have a lack of good quality financial education. And uh, if we knew a little bit more, I feel like we'd be able to make better financial decisions. And uh, I felt like maybe I might be the person to to pull that together. I don't want to, I don't want to claim that I am the person that uh, knows everything and, and can teach everybody the ins and outs of personal finance, but uh, I am able to, to find people that uh, uh, know little bits of the story and, and I am pretty good at, at interviewing them, pulling out the relevant details and uh, pulling, uh, pulling that together and getting it out. So uh, um, I'm also trying to, uh, build a nonprofit organization around that. And uh, really starting the podcast was kind of a means to an end for me in that I would like to uh, build awareness about this nonprofit organization that I'm trying to build. And uh, uh, because I love podcasting and I love audio so much, it, it seemed like a good fit for me to, to, to use a podcast as a way to build that awareness. Stephen? Um, yeah, for um, for me, it all started when I was um, maybe like in my teens, 15, 16. Um, I always loved entertaining people. Um, it, all, it started with me entertaining my friends who would hang out after work or after school. And I was usually the class clown. And um, they always, you know, they would always come to me whenever they're feeling sad or down or bored. You know, I would always make them laugh. And as, you know, around that time, YouTube started becoming prominent. Um, they asked me, they told me I should, you know, create a, 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 a platform to share with everyone else. Um, I was really into radio as well. Um, just never thought I would get into it. And um, a few years ago, I went back, I went to school and I pursued my degree in music business and I learned the ins and outs of a studio. Um, I, I, you know, ended up building my own studio and ended up creating my own podcast. And I ended up becoming blind. And um, I wanted to use that platform to to give everyone else an opportunity to speak their story. And I, I, I just loved interviewing people. I used to love watching um, Jimmy Fallon, um, Conan O'Brien, and all them um, during late night. And I would just study them. I would watch them st and, and study them interviewing people. And I just loved it. And then I would also watch uh, NBA a lot. And I would listen to the, the broadcasters uh, do the play-by-play. -play, and I got so addicted to where I wanted to mimic them. So I, I, got, I got really into podcasting when it came to that part. And the entertainment stuff, um, I, was just, I was just being myself on TikTok, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. 
I was just being myself and people ended up getting laughs and it just really encouraged me that that's what mostly encourages me and, and inspires me to, to keep making this content. It's just the laughter. I, I love making people laugh and it just, it just helps me create more. So it sounds like two different kind of, Chris, you're doing the podcast as mm-hmm. sort of a means to an end. And Stephen, you know, you just want to make people laugh. And I think that that just shows kind of, um, kind of two different ends of the, uh, you know, of the spectrum, so to speak. So Exactly. I think- and two very valid things as well. Um, <laughs> very valid, different reasons, which I very much enjoyed to see. Yeah, um, we just actually, um, we have a third panelist joining us. And um, um, so we have uh, Amy Wilson uh, also joining us. She goes by Blind Amy. Um, So Amy, will you introduce yourself and will you kind of just share? We are kind of just sharing at first what inspired you or what kind of, what kind of content you create and, uh, yeah, that sort of thing. So, Amy, welcome, and uh, yeah, just share with us that. So, first off, Greg, thank you for working with me. Um, I, I don't know what was my confusion, anyways. Um, so, my name is Amy, and I go as Blind Amy on most social medias. Um, that has only been in about, I'd say, a little less, like year and a half. Um, basically when I got on, on TikTok, I started, um, going as blind Amy. Um, and it's kind of that, um, fat Amy excuse from pitch perfect. Um, you know, people are going to say it anyway. So I just, I just went with it. Um, helps my, uh, sighted friends. So, um, but I've been creating content. I think I seen like a Facebook live that I did probably seven years ago and it was so cringy. I was like, um, yeah, that was that was definitely the start. Um, but I mostly started doing it because I wanted to share blind resources with people, no matter where they were um, at. Um, and then the more I learned about blind resources, the more I had to share. Um, then I became a Mary Kay consultant four years ago. Um, a little over four years ago now and started doing um, makeup tutorials, um, skincare, all those sorts of things. But I've been, um, I've done, I've not, well, I've attempted to start a podcast on my own, but I've done YouTube, TikTok, um, Clubhouse, uh, most of the different um social media platforms but most i just i just want to help people that's that's why i started doing it so um and then now i get to share about uh self-defense stuff on social media so it's a good time oh that's awesome that is great um yeah and this is chris Mygan. um and just a beautiful presentation I, i love how everybody has their different viewpoints on what they're presenting to uh, you know, just the world in general. I think that social media has played an integral part of uh, exposing, in a good way, of course, uh, blind and the blind and visually impaired community. So, I actually have another question. Um, continue on with the questions for the the 
the panelists here. Uh, what obstacles had you have faced um, either currently right now or in the past getting to your content creation uh, to where it's at currently right now? Were there any obstacles being blind or visually impaired that you uh, encountered? Yes. Is that directed for me or the other panelists? Um, whoever wants to go first, um, either anybody. So I'll, I'll let Amy go first. We can let Amy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you go okay. ahead, Amy. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for for me, um, what has been my main thing is I keep doing the I'm not good at editing. I'm not good at editing. And I've been wanting to make videos for <sighs> 10 years probably because I realized that was the piece that, that people you know needed like if we're going to educate the sighted world it had to be on on video um and so editing has been my arch nemesis and yes i refer to it as my arch nemesis because to this day i still don't have editing down a majority of videos that you'll see me come out with most of them aren't really edited like tiktok gives you some you know where you can cut it off at the end and um play around with it and it allows a bunch of other features i'm still not even good with that like i'll if i mess it up halfway through i start all over and redo it <laughs> so editing um but i wouldn't like I, I don't let that stop me anymore because i've i convinced myself that that was kind of a bs excuse and i'm so I just, I started to do it and then I, I did it on TikTok and apparently it became a big thing. So yeah, that's my two cents. Well, I, Chris, I'll go next. Yeah. Uh, um, I wouldn't say that I ever had obstacles in, in creating content necessarily, though I will say that sometimes I struggled with thinking about what content to create. But one of my biggest obstacles has been and is trying to build an audience for that content. Anyone can put content out um, and it can be the best quality content with the greatest information in the world. But if it doesn't have an audience, it goes nowhere. And building an audience is, is really hard. It turns out there's some tricks to it, uh, some things you can do to promote yourself, to get you know people to, to promote you for you. Uh, Greg is really good at that for me. Um, but, uh, but building an audience is very, very hard. And uh, I feel like I spend probably more time doing that than producing the content. Steven? Um, yeah, um, I, would, I would agree with Chris. It's building that audience. But for me, my biggest obstacle is myself. Um, I, I know a lot of people suffer from depression and I am one of those. And um, because of that, you know, procrastination comes and um usually you know when i when i entertain whether whether it's with music or with just funny videos um that's my way of um feeling better about myself but it's just a procrastination and the time uh, to do things um sometimes when you don't have that audience um it's kind of a downer you know you don't have that many followers and it it may it may um hinder you from thinking of content or creating content but sometimes for the most part i usually think like i'm not really doing this for everyone else i'm doing it for myself and usually in time that audience will come uh but for personally that that has been my biggest obstacle just my own procrastination and depression and time that's been getting in the way let's um you know talk about that idea of having an audience um really quickly um now i 
know, I mean, I've, I've seen most of your content and Amy, I want to ask you first, um, as a content creator, do you, do you think about your audience and how do you, how do you work on building your audience and targeting your audience? Um, I know you're a part of the uh, blind talk community. Um, So like, but also you have many other interests. So how do you, do you think about your audience when you're producing your videos? You know, the, the fancy answer would be like, yes, yes, I do. But the long and the short of it is, no, I don't. Um, I think of the one person that that's going to help, um, especially with my TikToks, because there's been questions or things that have come up that I know specifically only one person's asked. But it turns out that that one person that I, I helped helped, you know, a hundred other people who, you know, like the video or, you know, 300 or, or whatever the, the, the case might be. Um, but I, I don't, I guess I think of my audience as an audience of one. So if I can help one person, then that made that time to make that video worth it, in my opinion. Meanwhile, so else I, on the panel, want to stab I, at that? Yeah, I agree with, with um, Amy. Um, I don't really think of my audience either. Um, I love the audience. Um, usually when it comes to TikTok, I, I, I mean, okay, this is this is my opinions and no one else is not ACPs or ACB Next Generation. So don't don't attack them. Attack me if no one likes his opinion. But I, I try to stay out of the realm of the blind um, circle. I don't do every now and then I do a video for, for, for blind talk. I'll hashtag blind talk, but I will never, I'll, I'll do my best to try to stay out of it because I, I'm a creator. That's so happens to be blind. I'm not a blind creator. Um, but like Amy, I don't, I don't create content for people. I create content just to express myself, but people t- uh, tend to like it. People tend to love it. And that's what it is. It's when I write music as well. You know, it's a cathartic feeling where you write music just to express how you're feeling at that moment. You write it, you create it, you record it, you lay it down, and then it helps another person. And if it helps one person, that's that's the best feeling in the world. You didn't mean to help that one person. You didn't mean to reach that one person, but it did. And that's that's the biggest feeling. Like, I, I'm with Amy. I don't really necessarily think about the audience, but if it captures them, that's, that's awesome. That's an amazing feeling. I actually think about the audience a lot. You know, I think I kind of alluded to this before that uh, building an audience is is the thing that I spend probably the most time uh, ever at. And I even think of my audience as a single person. His name is Tony and Tony is blind. Um, actually, Tony has retinitis pigmentosa and he's losing his vision very gradually. He's in his late 20s, early 30s or so. He's working. He's pretty optimistic about his future, but he also knows that he's got this blindness thing kind of hanging over his head. And it's something that's at the back of his mind, you know, what's life going to be like when I can't see as well as I can see now. And uh, um, more specifically, what are my finances going to be like? Am I still going to be working? Am I always going to be working? Am I going to be doing the same kind of job that I'm doing now? He wants to know is everything going to be okay? And more than that, he wants to make sure that he's prepared to make everything okay. And uh, so 
when I produce content, I think of how it's going to appeal to Tony. Yeah, you know, that, and, that's oh, awesome. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. No, I was just going to say that, you know, it is, it is a, a difficult thing to, to keep your audience on top of that too, because like you said, you could have the greatest uh, podcast with all the sound effects, well, bells and whistles, but you know, are they actually listening to you as a person? And that's how I feel as well, that it, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, some people will complain about crazy things like, oh, your website has terrible colors, you know, visually it doesn't look, you know, appealing. And then we'll never visit your website again versus, you know, your audio is, you know, weird or something like that. I, I know it sounds trivial, but it, it is a definitely behind the scenes. I'm a very behind the scenes guy uh, personally. So it's it's quite difficult with production and stuff like that, being a, a, both a content creator and actually a web web designer. So um, I, I definitely think that, you know, audience does play a huge part. Just my personal opinion, nothing, you know, wrong with anybody else's. So I just wanted to put my two cents in there too. Can I add in two more cents? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Sure, sure. <clears throat> okay. So where I get my perspective on, because I used to spend quite a bit of time, you know, thinking of, you know, how, you know, who, who can this help? How this, how this can help. And when I started my Mary Kay business, I got the best piece of advice for my Mary Kay business, but it turned out to be like for everything in my life. And um, it was the simple statement of they're just not your people. Like you're going to have people that connect with you right away. Um, and then you're going to have the people that don't connect with you. And that's, that's okay. Like it, it you know, as I have people message me, you know, like, how do I get started? I'm like, just get started. Like, talk about something you're passionate about and just, just do it because, you know, you'll, you'll connect with that, that person or, or something like that. But, you know, it, it's it, like, you know, like I said, um, you're not going to be for everybody and that's cool. Cause there's like 7 billion people on the planet. So um, that's my other two cents. <laughs> I think that's, that's really good. And, and uh, you know, all it's all about connecting with, with people. Mm-hmm. And when you yep. connect with people, they will connect other people with you and, yes. and so forth and so forth, forth. But it's also all about your goals. You know, some of us do this for fun or make people laugh and and other people do it with the intent of, you know, making money or or uh, drawing people towards a specific cause or, or organization or something like that. And, and uh, so if your goal is to draw someone to a specific cause or a specific organization, then uh, the way that you connect with those people and, and the kind of work you put into audience building m- may be entirely different than the kind of work you put in as a, a hobbyist who just wants to like throw it out there and, and entertain their friends and, and their friends and their friends. Exactly. I would agree. Shane, did you want to ask another question? Yes, absolutely. One, uh, to kind of shift the subject just a little bit. Um, I'm kind of curious, and anyone can start uh, this discussion going here, but I'm kind of curious in regards to what either assistive or mainstream or a combination of both technology solutions uh, that all of you use to both create the content and put it out into the world. Yeah, and anyone can can start. Chime in. Mm-hmm. I'll start out with that. Uh, um, you know, when I first started, uh, I knew nothing about what I was going to, to need to produce good quality audio. So I talked to my radio friend and said, well, what, what would you recommend I get? And he, 
he gave me a specific model of microphone that I was going to be able to afford on, you know, 500 bucks a month of SSI. Cause this was back in the nineties. Um, he told me to buy a uh, sound forge XP, which was like the, Oh my gosh, <laughs> $49 version of sound forge that you used to be able to get. And, um, and, and he said, you know, go out and buy, buy this specific, like a Behringer 302 mixer. Um, cause all I really wanted to do was, was talk and I wanted to be able to feed sound back into my recordings and stuff. And, and, uh, so he told me, you know, go out and get those three things and then, uh, see how it goes from there. So I did. And, uh, and it worked out well enough that over time I accumulated a lot more stuff, a lot more assistive tech, um, and, uh, have changed my tools quite a bit. Um, interestingly now I don't, do my own editing. I, I farm it out to somebody else who's blind, by the way. I record my podcasts using a, a really simple $20 app called Total Recorder. And then I hand it off to, to my editor and, and he goes and does post-production. And it makes it sound amazing. Um, I have a Tascam Model 12, a uh, 12-channel mixer that's got a built-in digital recorder in it. And it, it's, you know, it's, works great for me, but it might be overly complicated for you if you're just getting started. Um, in, interestingly, though, the microphone that I'm talking on right now is still that Shure SM58 that my friend Dean recommended that I buy uh, back in, in uh, 1999. Yeah, I, um, that microphone that Chris uses, I, I have that one. Um, so I have two levels of of what I use. Um, usually, when it's like social media stuff, like YouTube, uh, Instagram, or TikTok, I, you know, I don't. I use I use my iPhone. I don't underestimate it. It's it's a great piece of equipment. The microphone's great. The sound is great. The picture is great. Um, so that's all I really use for my YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. But when it comes to my podcasting and my music, um, I, I have a degree in audio engineering. So uh, you know, I, I use Pro Tools. And some people are very scared of Pro Tools, and, and the price is pretty scary. But when it comes to accessibility, it, it is worth it. Um, there's also a sub a subscript that you use with Pro Tools. Um, it's called Flow Tools that you put into Pro Tools, and it makes it very accessible. It makes your workflow very fast. Um, I personally don't use it. I know a lot of blind users that do use it, and and it works phenomenal for them. I, I don't necessarily need it. Um, for the things that I do, um, I'm, I'm, I have that same microphone that Chris has, but I also do have the, I don't know if you guys were listening to the, to the first part of podcasting. Um, Derek said he has the S, the Shure SM7B. I have that broadcasting microphone, which is like $400. Um, I use my Mac and my uh, ZI10 mixer. Um, all that's pretty pricey. And I, you know, I went to school for this. I built my own studio, so I, I use all that. Um, but and as far as like screen reader wise, I just use my voiceover, a uh, voiceover on Mac, and it, it's it works pretty well for me. Um, but like I said, there's there's two different levels of what I use. There's a very high pricey one, and then of course just my iPhone. Excellent. Yeah, I'm a voiceover user as well, obviously on the Mac, and I absolutely love it. So <laughs> it's good to uh, hear that you like to use that as well. <laughs> yeah, I I got taught that in school, so I, I stuck with it. <laughs> Amy, what about you? Because I know when I started doing TikTok, I just, and still even to this day, and it probably shows to the sighted world, right? Um, I would use just my phone and I would try to point my phone towards my face and 
uh, you know, just do a video, but I'm sure you're a lot more elaborate than that. Amy, can you talk about what you use to, um, because you do a lot of videos and stuff. So can you talk about what you. So I think you're going to be thoroughly disappointed in my, uh, my equipment level because um, I'm pretty basic. Um, I spent like, I use my iPhone um, probably for all the videos I do. If, if any video you see on, on TikTok has been pretty much from my phone, that includes YouTube, Facebook. Um, it, it, I, I just, I, um, there's a podcast called social media examiner and they did like a whole episode on just using your iPhone. And so what I invest in is the, you know, like the, the selfie sticks or, um, well, like the ring light thing that I'm using, I just got this uh, clamp thing. It holds my phone and it's got a little ring light and I can put different, different settings and then I can move it around my house. Um, but I mostly focus on just making sure my phone is stable and there's good lighting and sound is always a, a bonus because if you have good sound and you have good lighting on videos, those get um, more popularity. And then for me, the reason I invest in the, the selfie sticks or the uh, this, that, or the other, when it comes to hold, just holding the phone, um, because I can uh, do a video and then realize I was not in frame at all. And then I start over. Um, my, my daughter um, has been on my TikTok videos and she sort of has worked with me on the, you know, it's over here or over there um, type of thing. But most, um, pretty much anything, like if I was going to make a TikTok, it can fit in my purse. I've got like a little selfie thing and then like my phone and and that's it. So I'm, I'm trying to find a cool like mic that I can hook up to my iPhone that I can like clip that's wireless, but I still can't find one of those. So um, <laughs> but that's, it's like on my wish list, but Amy, no, and I that, that brings up, to, Oh, I'm sorry. I might be able to help you there. Uh, so maybe we should talk offline, but, uh, the iPhone is really an amazing tool, even for audio. Uh, there's a really cool app. It just costs five bucks. and I don't write it or anything. I just think it's neat. It's called backpack studio. Um, and it's kind of a podcast producer podcast production studio uh, uh, right in your iPhone or, or iPad. It's got ways that you can insert sounds into your, into your productions. Uh, it, it can do live streams. It's, it's really neat. And like Steven and Amy have said, the, the iPhone's got a great microphone, so that can really be all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're just hobby level, I mean, and until you're making money, I, I don't think you need the, the fancy equipment unless that's just your personal preference. But still, yeah. it's really cool to see where the iPhone mic has gone in the last few years, because I know just about three or four years ago, people weren't producing any kind of audio on the iPhone. And now it, it kind of have people fooled almost because the iPhone, some recordings in the right context can sound really good. And yeah, then, I yeah. agree. Um, the iPhone does come with GarageBand and it's its own DAW digital workspace and um, like Amy said you don't need this whole fancy studio to to produce some good quality um, you can if that's your preference but you you got a perfectly amazing piece of software in your pocket right there when it comes to the iPhone and, and that brings up another question I had for Amy specifically because you do do a lot of visual based things um, 
there are a lot of people out here that say in the community, you know, oh, I can't do video. I can't, you know, One point it in the right direction. But, you know, I, I, would you say that a fair assessment, a fair assumption would be, you know, why not give it a try and, and try these different devices? Like you said, you have a selfie stick, I believe you said. Um, what would you say to people that in the, in the blind or vision impaired community uh, that are kind of scared to utilize video and visual aspects of that sort? Because there is a lot of fear, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think it should be there, but. There is, and it's just a fear of putting themselves out there. I feel like more than anything, it's right. It's that you, you're vulnerable. Once you're out there, you're out there. And I mean, I've had people hate on me on, on, on TikTok um, and stuff like that. So in terms of your question, because I almost went down another rabbit hole, um, <laughs> was so one of the things that I would strongly recommend um, is and you can create yourself a little video studio, um, have a place to where um, you know, like I said, I've got this little clip thing that I got from Walmart. And for example, I have it on a TV tray and I'm sitting on a bed and I just, I know that my background is a solid background. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice blue. And so, you know, having that, that contrast is like, I'm, I'm wearing a white shirt. I'm hoping I'm in the center of the, the video but I've sat in this exact position so many times. I'm pretty sure I'm in a good, like I'm, I'm good uh, video wise in the, in yes, the camera. Yes. So it, it, it's just creating a, you know, whether you want to call it a system or pattern or whatever your choice choice might be. Um, you know, you can, you know, like I said, get, you know, TV tray, um, Set it, you know, if if you're going to do it at a dining room table, kitchens are great lighting for video making. And, um, you know, just make sure that you're setting it in the same spot on the table and your chairs sort of sort of there. And that's why I suggested like you can make your own little spot if you have room in your apartment or house or wherever, wherever you're at. Me, I have to move around Um because of family and work and and stuff like that so um usually i make my videos when and nobody's here at the house <laughs> or the or the kids are because they'll they'll help me but um that's what i had to do initially was to you know like for my if you go look at my youtube channel you're gonna see the same background the same you know me in the same seating position and and all those different things because that was how for me it helped me to get comfortable with doing YouTube. I'm not, I don't have a ton of videos on YouTube because I'm still nervous about that editing stuff and whatnot. So um, that would be my, my biggest suggestion. Thank you so much. Uh, I I have a quick tip for that too. (laughs) Um, Just to add on what Amy said. Um, I, for my YouTube videos, I have a tripod, a little eight inch tripod. You could, attached to anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I do use it. I sometimes use a TV tray or a desk or something, but since I do record on my iPhone, um, I FaceTime a friend that could see and like, Hey, am I centered? Yeah. Yeah. You're centered. move the phone this way, this way, that way. Okay. You're centered. Okay, cool. I hang up. The phone's already on the tripod. I just hang up, hit the record button. And I'm there. I'm centered. So that's the way I do it. And it, it helps a lot. And usually my, my YouTube videos on, on that when I'm playing music, they're pretty much centered. And I, I just get that with the help of, some who cited and I just FaceTime them. It's pretty simple. 
you could use be my eyes or Ira as well. Be my eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could use any of them to just do a quick, Hey, am I centered? Cause I've done the FaceTime thing too. Um, I've done that with makeup. Like, is my makeup okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess I want to go back and we'll take questions here pretty soon, but I want to go back to finding content and like, because I think a lot of the things I've struggled with, even when, you know, I was uh, preparing to facilitate this is a lot of people were like, well, I would create uh, something, but I just don't know where I would start, and I don't know where I would find content. and And I always say, content is easy to find if you, uh, if if you, you know, just um, pardon the pun, look around you, you know, listen around you, see what what you can find. And um, so, I wanna I wanna ask about the the finding um, content process, and I wanna start. Um, maybe with Chris, um, with Penny Forward, how do you find, like, I, I know you do a lot of interviews. How do you find the people? How do you find the content? And can you give people any advice as far as look at finding content? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I'm one of those people that's a little uncomfortable with the video. So I had mine turned off, but uh, Amy kind of uh, kind of encouraged me. So uh, does it look okay? Anyone? You're um, good. You All look right, fine awesome. here. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I like the idea of uh, of being able to double check it with the with someone before I do too much video. But uh, the nice thing is is that you don't have to do video unless you want to. Depending on on who your audience is, my audience, Tony, listens to me on the bus. He walks a lot of places, so he listens to me while I'm walking while he's walking, and he can't he can't look at video during those times. But I can be in his ear. Um. To your question, Greg, though, uh, content is, uh, you know, content is, is all about the audience to me. I think about what does the audience want to know and who might they want to know that from? And then I go to try to, to find somebody that I know, at least to start with, that might know the answer to that particular question. Um, and if it's, if it's uh, something that I don't know anybody that knows somebody, you know, maybe I put it off until I run across someone because I do a lot of networking. And uh, when I do find somebody that uh, knows the answer to a question that I haven't answered yet, uh, then I ask them, you know, hey, would you would you want to come on to, to the podcast and and talk about this? Because uh, I have these these audience members that really want to know. Um and when I have a guest on that I haven't met before, I usually ask them, hey, who's a good guest? Um, who are some good guests that I should have on that, uh, that, that you would recommend? And, and what do they know? Um, because uh, I, might not, I might know of a good guest, but I, I might not know why I want to have them on yet. Um, but if I know what they know, at, at the point that I come up with a topic that, that fits their expertise, then I can bring them on. My first guest, though, was just a friend of mine. Uh, you know, Tony wants to know, well, what happens if I lose my job and I, and I might have to start looking for another one. So I brought on my friend, Michael, who uh, uh, ended up losing his job because it was being relocated and he didn't want to move. And he went out and, and uh, got himself reeducated and, and was looking for a job. He struggled with finding that job for like 10 years. Um. And the point of the story was not to say it's going to take you 10 years to find another job. It was really going to, it was really to say, 
you know, even after 10 years of work, you can find new work. And here's what that might take. And and if you think about what that might take for or what it did take for Michael, uh, you might be able to use some of those things and and uh, do it in half the time it took Michael or a quarter of the time, um, you know, hopefully much, much less time. So uh, uh, that, that's kind of how I how I start thinking about content is I try to bring the the, the question and the guest together if and, I can. And before we end the session today, we'll hear a promo of uh, one of Chris's uh, podcasts. But Amy, I want to ask ask about you. You seem like you find content in, you know, I've watched a lot of your videos and obviously you do a lot of different things, but do you want to talk about um, some of the content you've created lately and how you've quote unquote found it? Um, yeah. So, um, so um, authenticity. Um, I am who who I who you see on TikTok is who I generally am from day to day, um, and so um, part of it. I, okay, half would be just me being me. The other half is people just asking questions. If you Google or you know Google like commonly quite you know if you're if you want to talk about blindness like if you want to be somebody who's like i'm gonna bring awareness about blindness awesome um there are tons of people out there asking questions you can google just like commonly ask questions about blindness and then it's going to give you a whole list of stuff um you could think okay well what were some of my initial questions uh in the beginning like i i share a lot about resources because i i did not even i've been blind for almost 30 years and um and and i went probably 23 24 of that with not knowing that ACB or NFB even existed. <laughs> and so I'm just passionate about, you know, the, the resources that are common to us. It's just because we've been exposed to it. So you know, just because we're used to it doesn't mean everybody else is. And you, so you have an authority on your experience, your, your background and just sharing who you are and, answering people's questions. I feel like probably one fourth of my videos, if you went and looked me up on TikTok are me answering people's questions. You know, how do I do this? What about this? What are your thoughts on this? Um, the, the, the questions are out there. You just gotta, you know, go through and, you know, if you blind talk on, on TikTok, you're going to see tons of questions or, videos um if you go to youtube um you, you know you can find whatever's the you know top 10 videos that are popular whatever's got the most popular views and 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 work from that as well so um i kind of use all or both you know all, all those different aspects um when when i'm creating because like today i did a video on you know hey dance TikTok. To teach me how to do the soldier boy dance. Like, I don't know how to do that. I've tried looking it up, but it's not, it's not happening. Um, so it's just, it may be just genuinely being curious and, um, yeah. and just 
Yeah. And I learned Great. the, that's, I learned that's the, awesome. I learned the authenticity thing. Um, if you're like, you really want to nerd out on the marketing stuff. Um, one of the people that really helped me to, in some ways, get over myself was uh, Gary V or uh, it's Gary Vanderchuk, but he has books that basically teach you how to crush it on social media. Like he um, has his own brand and, and all these different things, but he really also stresses that just being authentic. Like if Smurfs is your thing, Smurf it out. You're going to find people who love Smurfs just as much as you, but they may not have something out there. Or if you're really passionate about Braille, then, you know, you could be the person that people default to on, on the Braille stuff um, type, of, type of thing. So. Yeah, that's wonderful. Absolutely. That's great. Stephen, um, we're going to throw it open here for questions here pretty soon. But Stephen, do you just have a quick thought on finding content? Sure. I'm, I'm with Chris. Well, I'm with both of them because uh, I have different view, different avenues of producing content. I'm with Chris. When I do my podcast, um, I just ask around. Like, there's My podcast is based on interviewing blind people. So there's an abundance of blind people that I know. So I don't, I never run out of content to interview people there. Um, and there's connections, you know, friends of friends that know friends. I got to interview one of the stars of Blind Love, the YouTube series. Um, so through a friend of mine, because I interviewed them. So, you know, it just, that that that's an issue within itself and then of course to to radiate what what amy said is you know be authentic be yourself um there's a video which um my, my tiktok videos aren't aren't for aren't pg so i'm going to try to keep this as pg as possible but you know I, i'm pretty blunt and straightforward and i just like to have fun and if you're just authentic people will come to you one of my videos was they asked um and like i said every now and then i do dive in the in the realm of blind talk but one of the videos that was asked was um if you would you like to have your site back and if so what would you like to see and I, you know i was being honest and people love authenticity and they love honesty and i was straightforward and like I, I said i wanted to see my girlfriend i wanted to see her pretty smile her pretty cheekbones and then like i whispered because I, I wanted to see women's breasts because I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, oh, I, I, <laughs> I'm like, I, that's, that's the honesty that like, everyone knows the honest truth. You know, it's, I'm not gonna, not gonna sugarcoat it. Like I'm very honest and people love that and makes people laugh and it's funny and just be authentic, be yourself and people will love it. People will love, come to you. If you just be yourself, people, will, people will see if you're being fake, they'll see right through you. And, and that's going to shy people away. Just be yourself and it'll, the audience will come just yeah that that's how i create content <laughs> okay well with that wonderful thought going through people's minds uh we will open it up for questions now and uh i would ask um that you ask one question per person and try to keep it uh a little bit brief with because we have about 25 minutes left but we do want to open it up for questions so brad our wonderful host will you um facilitate that process please um, we got one hand raised at least right now. Last time I looked, we have Mo. Okay. And Mo actually Mo, you should be able to unmute. 
Mo, real quick before um, I let you talk, you actually, with the sponsor of this ACB Next Generation, you actually are our YouTube video editor. So um, Mo edits and um, audio describes all the YouTube videos. So I just need to give uh, Mo Carpenter uh, from our affiliate some props for doing that. But Mo, go ahead and ask your question uh, to the panel, please. Yes, I made sure I raised my hand early because I wanted to get in here. <laughs> um, but I had a question for the panel, and that was over how do you time manage? So uh, a little background. I know some of you, uh, most of you, but I just that life balance and that recording and on a schedule, I just I need a better grasp of that. And so I just want to know how others manage it, I guess. I can start uh, with that. Um I actually maintain a calendar uh, just like I do for work because I have a day job. So I maintain a, a calendar and outlook of, of the people that I have appointments to interview with. And uh, my, my wife and kids are aware of what's on my calendar. Uh, I do my best to do it, you know, if I can after the kids have gone to bed or uh, right after I get done with work because I work at home, but my wife works outside of the home. So, uh, you know, maybe I can do interviews during, uh, during the time when I'm done with work and, and my wife isn't home yet. Um, but it, it really is a time sink for me. Um, that's why I outsource my editing. I, um, and when I outsource, I, you know, I, it, it's more work. Uh, it isn't really more expense, but I work on, uh, I work on making sure that I'm I'm hiring blind people to uh, to do the work that I don't have the time to do. I outsource my editing to somebody that uh, is a good editor. Uh, I am working right now with somebody on on uh, providing text transcripts of my uh, of my podcasts. Um, uh, you know, with some help some uh, some help from some of my deaf blind friends to make sure that those things are actually useful to them. Um, I uh, I'm not uh, opposed to the idea of, uh, you know, having, uh, having my, uh, somebody um, who I pay uh, do things like set up uh, interview appointments and uh, send out thank you notes. Cause I always send out uh, two thank you notes to my guests, one when they record the interview and another after their episode of the podcast has been out for a week and I can tell them how many, downloads they have had in, in the first week. That all takes a lot of time. Um, and and uh, that's how I do it is I just put put time for that on my calendar. Uh, you know, even the stuff that I have to do for myself, I, you know, I schedule it like a meeting, half hour to do thank you notes, half hour to engage with people that are in my audience on social media, uh, half hour to uh, to publish the podcast when uh, when it comes back from the editor and and I got to go and uh, get it set up there and write show notes and stuff. Uh, um, um, just book uh, book time on my calendar for all that stuff and uh, uh, make sure it happens. That's how time management works for me. Um, I agree. Um, same here. Uh, I use a calendar. I always make sure I, I set time for creative time, which is basically my time to make videos, be be a nerd or play music or something. But it's it's the calendar helps a lot. Michael, um, I know saying, most yeah. not going to like this answer, but hard deadlines. I make sure I put a hard deadline on myself to like, Hey, this needs to be done by this time. You have to do it or else it goes, it goes in the trash. 
you have to do it. Um, but I, I agree with Chris. Uh, stick to a calendar. The calendar really does help a lot. Reminders as well. Like, hey, this is due in so-and-so. Um, but just make time for yourself. Make time for whatever needs to be done. Amy, do you have any quick thoughts Wait. on time management? I do. I, I do. Um, so um, I wish I could say uh, I keep to a calendar. It honestly depends on my season of, of life. Right now, my philosophy is it's in the moments. Um, I will get, you know, I'll just record a video using my just the camera app on my phone. Um, for example, I did like the the plane taking off or, or something like that. Um, and then I just I recorded or I uploaded it later. Um, and so it, it really depends on what platform you're wanting to be posting to on, you know, is it a thing where you need to be consistent or not? TikTok is very flexible. They're very forgiving. You know, um, my videos keep popping up on people's for you pages, even though I don't create content every day. Um, but like if you were doing YouTube or a podcast, you want to be consistent on the, you know, I'm uh, the video is coming out on Sundays or Tuesdays or, or whatever the case might be. So depending on where you're wanting to put your content would be um, more of, you know, do you need to have it on a, on a calendar? So you're being consistent or do you have a little more flexibility? Okay. Brad, do we have another question? And next we have Alyssa Jolly. Alyssa, you should be able to unmute. Hey guys. Okay, uh, my question is for Stephen. Um, I sing as well, but I don't have the kind of money for the equipment you were talking about earlier. Is there anything that you can think of software-wise or hardware-wise that would be more budget-friendly um, for recording music? Yeah, um, you know, when people aren't on low budget, either if you want, it depends on what you want to use. You're going to, like we were talking about earlier the iphone is a great piece of equipment see and that i don't no, like because it's so much background see, but you, you you could edit that out with like garage band that's a free app on the iphone um there's some other apps on the phone that you can download but if you do want to use your computer um reaper is a great is a great um audio uh program you can use it's only 60 bucks for you can use it for free but it will bug you all the time to buy it um, you could also pay for it for 60 bucks and you could, uh, find a, an inexpensive microphone, um, for like 50 bucks. Um, even the ind industry standard microphone, which is, uh, $99 and that one will go a long way. It's indestructible. It's, it's been tested. It's been run over by, uh, semi still works. Mine got taken out by my dog left in the rain outside for a month still works. Um, but yeah, like, um, use an interface you can use it with your phone as well but if like i said if you want to use your your laptop i, I would suggest reaper it's very inexpensive you could use the free version but it will bug you to buy it <laughs> and which uh, mic is this um i'm sorry which oh the, the microphone is the uh the sure sm 58 okay yeah uh, and sure is spelled s-h-u-r-e and don't don't discount the power of, of uh, getting something used like uh, on eBay. Um, yes. My, yeah. My Sure SM58 was not bought brand new. And I've, I am using the one that I bought in 1999 used. Yeah. 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 See, those, those, they're very indestructible. So, like, nice. like Chris said, don't underestimate it. They will. No, I've always heard good things it. about the brand in general. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your question, Alyssa. Okay. Do we have any others? Next, Brad? we have DJ McIntyre. DJ, you should be unmute, able to unmute. Thank you, guys. Thanks, panel, for doing this. I'm, I'm really excited. So I run a Facebook slash Instagram content page for children raised around the blind. And my question was just, when you're, do you plan, how far out do you plan your content? So like summer for me is my worst time because my day job, basically I live there, it feels like. Um, but I try to always get time to plan a month or two out. And I was just curious if you guys have any tips for planning future content so you can, you know, stay ahead, kind of know what you're doing um, and how all that works. Yeah, Amy, do you want to take a stab at that first or any, actually anybody can? But. Um, sure. So, um, but I, yes, well, to I answer your question, I do plan out um, content like my YouTube channel. I planned all that out. I knew what I was going to do when, you know, um, I set the dates to record the videos, told my family to not call me um, kind of stuff. But um, if I know that there's going to be a, a busy season um, like there is in my life r- right now, I will try to do as many videos uh, ahead of time or posts. Um, Facebook's really good about letting you um, schedule posts, which is just amazing, um, in my opinion, because then you're not having to go in every single day. You can set up, you know, like on a you know Monday or Sunday and schedule all your posts for the week, and then you're done with, with Facebook. Um, so that's, that's how I, like when I've, cause I've had to do, um, Facebook and, and Instagram for other, um, organizations and businesses. And that's been my number one saving grace is just the, the scheduling feature. Also, I want to add to that. that. Yeah. I, I want to add to that. Um, I'm, I'm the chair of the uh, PR committee in next gen and triple G and another friend of ours, Melanie Snowy, they actually plan all of our posts, uh, I think two months in advance. So Facebook is really good on that. Um, in regards of my podcasting, um, whenever I, I would record podcasts and I knew I'm going to be out for like a month or so, I would record maybe like three or four podcasts and like have them ready to post it. Like I, I, like I usually post two episodes per month and I make sure I have four episodes done, ready to go within those two month periods that I'm going to be out or gone for the, for the time being. But um it just depends on what content you're putting out there um, in, and how far along you want to get ahead. But I, I would always keep a batch of content in the bucket ready to be posted just in case those, those moments happen. But also, I was actually, I, I was going to jump in real quick and say the, you know, having the, the stuff ready to go in the, in the business, they call that in the can. So if you having some ready for when life happens and you just don't have time to come up with one, having those backups are always helpful. So um, that's a, I, I would agree with, with his, of having, having a few ready to go. Let's go ahead. I noticed you were trying. Think about the, uh, think about the frequency of the content that you want to release. And, and uh, um, you know, also the, the cadence, like uh, in the summer, are, are people actually looking at your page as often as they are in the winter? One of the things that I found I did 23 straight weeks of content for the penny forward podcast and then i hit like the month of july i just could not find guests couldn't for the life of me do it um and uh what i've 
learned from that and also from you know some other things that i've been been uh, working through to try to to grow my audience is uh that it's good to know how often your audience wants to to get content from you um sometimes once a week can be too often you know maybe they want to get it once every two weeks so that they can stay caught up to it if you if you throw too much at them they'll feel overwhelmed and uh incidentally doing it every two weeks means that you only need half the number of, uh, of episodes or half the number of posts or whatever as you do if you do it every week. And uh, that way, you know, you can have more in the can. And, and uh, so you got three, three uh, episodes in the can. Well, that could give you six weeks if you needed it. Did you want to take another question, Greg? Because we're approaching. Yeah, yeah let's let's take I one more it. question and let's um, try to answer it quickly. So Next Brad, we do have Tyanne Wilmeth. You're able to unmute. Hi, Tyanne. Hi, Greg. Um, my question is not necessarily for Chris because, uh, well, okay, so I have had people say, oh, we should do a video on this or we should do a podcast on that. And I'm going, well, what makes us different than the other people who do the same thing? So how do you get past that? Okay, and just uh, maybe if we can talk about that quickly, um, Stephen, do you, uh, Chris, um, Chris Peterson, do you want to start with that? If you have an answer yeah. to that, yeah. Think, don't try to be different. Try to be you, and think about who your audience is, and and how that content is going to make your audience feel. And your audience can be whoever you want. Mine's a made-up person named Tony that uh, you know I developed a whole background for. Um, so I always think about how I'm going to make Tony feel. But uh, your your persona for your audience may be completely different. And what you do, even though it may be very similar to what someone else has done, um, might appeal to to that audience persona in a unique way. Yeah, Amy or Stephen, any. Any quick thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree with Chris. Um, do you? Um, is there another time, Wilmoth? Probably so, but who cares? You do you. You give the best time, Wilmoth, perspective that you can give. Um, maybe there isn't someone out there like you. You don't know unless you try. So I would just say go for it and, and just give it a shot. You never know. I go back to the TikTok, but there are so many content creators on there that are talking about blindness, but we all have different perspectives and that's what reaches people. Um, my perspective is different than probably like Molly Burks or something like that, but people like Molly Burke and some people don't like me. So being you and uh, ignore the haters because <laughs> you're oh, going to have you. So right. really quickly, um, we um, have some things to do. But first of all, I want to thank our uh, panelists and I want them to promote themselves a little bit because this is what we're here for, right? So um, so um, Amy, we'll start with you and just quickly um, talk about where people can find you. And um, yeah, just, um, just things like that. So um, you can... Find me on just about every social media platform as Blind Amy. Um, I do um, a majority of my stuff on TikTok. Um, and to promote myself, uh, I am a uh, program director of a new self-defense program called SEED. And um, I've been talking about that more on my um, 
pages and uh, platforms and, and things like that. So, um, but yes, blind Amy, that's, I, I made it simple. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Chris. The Penny Forward podcast is telling stories about people like us who are working toward their own success and sharing tips to help manage our money better. People often ask, what is the most accessible way to do your taxes? Penny Forward is a community of people who are blind, their families and friends who share an interest in financial independence. Join us and we'll work together to avoid financial obstacles and target our goals. I love my work. It's the first time in a long time that I wake up in the morning and feel good about what I'm doing. The tiny home right now is gorgeous. Being the first blind student definitely ensured that I had very good self-advocacy skills, which have served me well. I ended up working on getting my credit score to a position where I was eligible for a first-time homebuyer loan. Our mission is to help blind people build the knowledge to confidently navigate the complicated landscape of personal finance through education, mentoring, and mutual support. Somebody will come along and recognize what you have to offer and what you can contribute. Listen to the Penny Forward podcast by searching for Penny Forward using your favorite podcast app, asking your smart speaker to play the podcast Penny Forward, checking out the Penny Forward YouTube channel, or visiting pennyforward.com. Okay, and Stephen, go ahead and... Um, I don't have a fancy uh, audio like Chris over here, but <laughs> you could find me everywhere on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Um, just looking up at it's Stephen Mike at I T S S T E V E N M I K E. I'm also the chair of the ACB Next Generation uh, PR Committee, second vice president, and we're going to be hosting some social calls, so you could catch me there as well. And when I ask me some more questions, I'll be there. So I'll be hanging out with NextGen all week. Okay, and this is a series of calls that we want to start um, called the Content Creation Cafe, and we're going to start it on um, with uh, ACB Next Generation, and so we're excited. So as Brad uh, gets Amanda Selm ready to draw our door prizes, um, Amanda is the president of ACB Next Generation. Um, So if you didn't get your questions answered today, we are sorry, Uh, we are, um, but you can definitely contact these people, reach out to these people. And I want to thank again my panelists um, for participating. Uh, and I got to give the CEO closing code real yeah, briefly. After, after the door prize. We're, okay, we're approaching two minutes. That's why. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. Go, go ahead, Chris. Okay, I'm going to give it real briefly. So- opening opening C, or closing CEO code 64347. Again, closing CEU code 64347. Thank you. All right. And I've got your door prize winners right here. Okay. Drum roll, please. Okay. Charlotte made a sound effect. Okay. Alexandra Alfonso, Alexandra Alfonso, and Lisa Sled. Alexandra Alfonso and Lisa Sled. And, and what will you. they? What they? Oh, they'll be they receiving do? a ten dollar gift card. 
Okay. And again, um, on behalf of my panel and my facilitators and panelists, I want to thank you for joining us. And thank you, Amanda, as well. Um, if you want to uh, learn more about ACB Next Generation, head to our YouTube channel at ACB Next Generation. Just search for it or acbnextgeneration.org or bits-acb.org. Uh, thank you very much to, for Brad for hosting. And again, for Doug for streaming and good day everybody and better tomorrows.